Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Uh, I'm a dividend investor, and I'd like to have your opinion on new residential Invest Corp. NRC, I think this is um, NRZ. And provides unbiased answers. Unfortunately, you might think it's undervalued, but it's not. This is a NRZ new residential investment. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Yeah, this is Nate, and I'm calling about the stock waiter, WTRH. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-SHARP. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. You know, I don't I don't really have those feelings. I remember when I first came into business and working in New York. And I, I was there seven, eight years, and I remember, thank God it's Friday. I, I, did, I do remember feeling that when I used to work for insurance companies. But I haven't had those feelings for quite some time, but I, most people do. Thank goodness it's Friday. Welcome to Invest Talk, everybody. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5. We are moving through the summer pretty fast. There has been plenty of market volatility and I'm going to expect more. I do expect more. I don't think it's going to calm down for a while. And it, it, we are coming up on a holiday, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks away. So on today's program, I, we state the same uh, mission statement that we've been living by for years, many, many years, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, I, I, that's my assurance I give you that we are going to give you only the facts. You know, and that we we use the same facts when we buy, decide to buy and sell things. And I'll answer any of your questions, any financial questions I, I that you have. And so this show is all about trying to help you. If we can help you, we will help you. It's as simple as that. Even if we don't manage your money, we still will help you. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions, and the number is the same, 888-99-CHART. You can call and interact with me right now, you know, uh, during the live streaming program. It streams live, as I said, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So the number is live, 888-992-4278. We'd like to get right to the questions. I don't like a huge intro, talk about this and that. So let's go ahead and get right to the questions. Jeffrey in El Paso. How are you doing, Jeffrey? Hi, good. How are you, Steve? Thanks for uh, taking the time to answer <laughs> my question. Thank you. Appreciate the call. I do. Go ahead. Hi, yes. Uh, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on uh, Organin, ticker OGN, Oscar Golf November. It's a uh, generic drug and women's health company spinoff from, uh, from Merck. I, kinda, I have it on my watch list as a deep value play. Hoping to get your take on it. I'm going to agree with you on the value of the stock. Uh, it, it, and as he said, it's a spinoff. So it's a company that spun off from a bigger company. So it's fairly new. Well, it's not new, new because it's not an IPO. It's a spinoff. So this division, uh, was it Merck? I think it was Merck, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So this division of Merck was making money, doing very well, and they spun it off to a separate company. 
It manufactures generic drugs for the betterment of women's health and condition women face throughout their lives. So it's a company that is narrowly focused on women's health. Okay. Doesn't matter where they're focused. It's a matter of how much money they make. And they're going to make a lot of money. 2021, they're going to make $5.93. And then 2022, $5.92. Sales growth has been, you know, just okay. Been kind of flattish. Uh, they pay a 3.4% dividend. So if you're going to make $5.92, almost $6 a share, what kind of PE should that get? Well, right now, it's only getting a 5, 5.5 PE. Return on equity is high at 36%. Cash flow is $9.55. So I kind of like it uh, because of its fundamentally strong position. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good one to have on your watch list if you get a you know, let's see, where is it now? Uh, okay. If it gets, if it bounces back down, which is very possible, back to the $30 mark, $30, $31, i would be a buyer. It's at $33.22 now. Okay? Appreciate the call. Good good stock. Let's go to James in Sonoma. James. How are we doing today, Steve? I'm uh, looking to call on uh, CFG. It's commercial, uh, Citizens Financial Group. Um, I believe, I don't remember if it was you or Justin, that mentioned they were uh, they like the regional bank uh, space. I this mentioned is a that regional bank, and it's, it, it's also buying a another regional bank. Um, got a good dividend, although they haven't raised it in the past. I think five quarters, which is a little strange. I was wondering if you could tell me why that. What you what do you think of this one in particular? Okay, the Citizens Financial Group, holding company for Citizens Bank with eleven hundred branches in the new uh, northeast. Uh, Mid-Atlantic and Midwest regions, and I do like the regional banks. I like the regional banks better than I have national banks, mostly because most of them have good value, and they are targets for acquisition. Of course, this one is acquiring another one. <laughs> so, yeah, um, to acquire Investors uh, Investors Bank Corp, a holding company for the Investors Bank of New Jersey, for 0.297 shares. Um, and a dollar forty six in cash per share. Hmm, uh, they're going to make five dollars and twelve cents this year, but next year they're going to make four dollars and twenty five cents. Might because of might be because of acquisition costs. That might be why. Pays a three point seven percent dividend, and it's a forty two dollars stock, so it's around a ten PE ten PE, which is pretty reasonable, about a middle of its range. Um, return equity is only 7%. That's kind of low. And sales growth has been shrinking. Maybe that's why they acquired a company to try to boost some sales growth. Does the other company that they're buying have sales growth? I would look at that. Are they buying it because that's a, you know, that's another way to grow is acquire another company. But I'm curious, is the company being acquired, uh, Bancorp, are they growing? And their earnings are positive? Are they growing? But no, it's a good value play. I can say that. Thanks for the call, James. Appreciate it. We focus our focus point. My focus point today concerns an analyst says China's crackdown not likely to force U.S. investors out of their markets. So you know we are in big, big competition with China. I'm talking about economically, big, huge competition with them, uh, and we've been ignoring it for years and years and years and years. We've been actually helping them. To, we've been giving them advantages 
for years and years and years and years. Now their economy is 14, 15 trillion. Ours is 21, 22 trillion. And the next closest one is five or six trillion. I think that's Germany. So think about that. So there, we are intertwined with China. It's going to be very difficult to, to not be intertwined with China. Uh, they don't want to ignore us as the largest market in the world, and we don't want to ignore them as a manufacturing powerhouse. So the question is, how, should we be investing? What, what avenues do we take to invest in China, if we should? That's going to be our talking point today. Okay. Other topics I would like to discuss, if we can get to, what are other countries' 10-year bond yield besides ours? Now, ours is at 1.27% per year for 10-year bond. What about other countries? What are some of the major bond, 10-year bond yields for other countries? I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the reasons why we should have a correction. Not that we have to have a correction, but reasons why we should or could. And then you can decide whether they're valid or not. Okay? And which company do you think is bigger in sales? Walmart or Amazon? Walmart, Amazon. And I will remind you that Amazon is getting bigger and bigger and bigger in the space that Amazon dominates. So what do you think company is bigger? We're talking about in sales. Who has the most sales? Anyways, that's what we're going to talk about. Of course, you come first. What you want to discuss is more important than what I want to discuss. What the market do was up today, 225 for the Dow, 173 for the NASDAQ, and 36 for the S&P. So it's, it's bumping up and trying to break through uh, old highs, and in some cases it is, and we're doing back and filling. Yeah, I'm a little concerned that we, we are pretty much at extreme values. The earnings for this quarter were very good. Okay, so you would hope that that would be the catalyst to drive the market higher, and it kind of is, but not with any gusto. Kind of with a, lots of volatility, up and down. So we're, we'll talk about that more during the hour, hopefully. We're headed into a very quick break. Very quick. But I'm here, ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. Summer's moving fast, and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Yeah, this is Nate, and I'm calling about the stock waiter, WTRH. It's had quite a tumble lately, and I don't know what the future of this business model will be, if it'll be successful or not, but with such a drop in the price, if it has any chance of doing well, it seems like now would be a good time to get in. Your thoughts? Okay, let's look at Waiter Holdings, Inc. Provides online uh, food ordering and delivery services in the southwest, uh, southeastern United States. So it's one of those food delivery places. Um, I don't really care for it. It doesn't make any money. Uh, I don't like companies that don't make money. It's going to lose 14 cents a share this year. It made 15 cents a share last year, the first time ever, but now this year it's going to lose 14 cents. Well, why did it make 15 cents last year? Because of COVID. 
Well, now we're going back to normal. It's not doing as well. Sales shrank 19% in the most recent quarter. So I, I don't care for it because of that. It has a, a, a goodly amount of debt, not unmanageable, but pretty hefty. Management owns 13% of the company, which is good. Return on equity is very high at 36%, which is very good. So there's positives to it, but I'd expect it to continue to fall. I, I, you know, it's a dollar fourteen a share. You know, sales growth has to be in the double digits at the very minimum, maybe the triple digits, to make this really take off. And I don't see that happening. It's not happening. Uh, it's just not. So I wouldn't be a buyer of it, and I wouldn't hold it if I owned it. And that's waiter W T R H is the symbol. My focus point today concerns a story. An analyst says that China's crackdown not likely to force U.S. investors out of the market, out of its market, Chinese market we're talking about. And I, I would agree with that. I, I, it's hard to see that. There would be, have to be some pretty, pretty dramatic events that do that. If that happened, we're talking about a worldwide stock market crash. A dramatic event I'm talking about. If that would happen, a dramatic event would have to be something very, you know, we're fighting uh, bombs dropping on someplace, uh, uh, total diplomatic break off between the two countries, uh, something dramatic like that. Uh, I don't see that happening. Uh, I, I can't see that happening anytime at all. Because we're the two largest economies in the world, and I just we, we need to have some kind of dialogue with them, and they have to, they need it. We need it with them, and they need it with us. It's it, they need us more than we need them. But they're a communist country; they can decide whatever they want to. You know, they, they don't they don't have to answer to their people. You know, they don't. So whereas here in the United States, the, the president does have to answer to the citizenry. So we'll talk about that. We'll see how that goes. Um, just not sure. Um, do we want to talk about the focus point now? No, I don't have enough time. I'll have to take a quick break, and then maybe we can pick it up afterwards. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant, of course, never ceases. That's your job. It's your job to look over your money, to watch your money. Even if you hire someone like me, you still need to watch your own money. You need to watch the person who's watching your money. So give me a call with any questions. 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk quiz. I first thank you for your fantastic service. I'm currently looking for undervalued shares, which is quite difficult right now. Uh, I'm a dividend investor. And I'd like to have your opinion on new residential invest corp NRC. I think this is um, NRZ. I think this is um, a REIT uh, with a good dividend. And I would say this is undervalued. Please uh, let me have your 
few. Thank you for that. Bye-bye. Unfortunately, you might think it's undervalued, but it's not. This is a NRZ, New Residential Investment, and the reason why it's not is how it makes money. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, investing in residential real estate mortgage-related investors, investments. Mortgage-related, not the actual property, but mortgage-related. Mortgage meaning the loans. So it's investing in loans, mortgage-backed loans. Okay, that's why it pays an 8.2% dividend. But most likely, your, your earnings are going to be volatile, and so will sales. For instance, last quarter, the sales were up 18%. The quarter before that, they were up 236%. The quarter before that, they were down 35%. See, so it's really erratic. When you have that kind of erratic sales, and the earnings are also erratic like that, you have the company deserves a much lower PE range. And this range is 2 to 9 and it's a $9.70 stock, going to make $1.67 next year. So that tells you what? The P.E. is right about in the middle of the range. Okay, Maybe a little higher than the middle. Return equity is only 10%, so that's not that great. So you have to look at, okay, well, how is it going to make money in the future? Not now, not in the past, in the future. Well, it's going to be mortgage-backed investments. Do you think mortgages are going to get cheaper or more expensive? If they got cheaper, that bodes well for this kind of company. If they get more expensive, it's going to be tougher for them to make money. Mind you, they've always made money, but they've been in a very good environment to do so. Do you have to worry about increasing interest rates, mortgage rates? Because that's their bread and butter is buying and selling mortgages, and they can't, you can't do that as easily with mortgages rates going up than if they were going down. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I appreciate the calls. Okay, um, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes and they leave a question, we'd like to get to them as fast as we can. So Jeremy left a question. It's about Rio, R I O. R I O is, I think that's Rio Tinto, yes. Rio Tinto. About two weeks ago, I started a position in Rio and it's been tanking ever since. And I've been constantly buying the dip because I believe. With a trading below its five-year P.E. At range at 6.7, it is very undervalued, especially with its current 8.6% dividend yield. What's your thoughts? Should I continue buying? What? Okay, let's take a look. Rio Tinto, a U.K.-based company with global interest in mining metals and industrial minerals, and I do like it. Uh, they're, they're, making a, they're going to make next year. $11.28 per share. They made this year. This year, they're going to make $15.21. Um, the dividend is 9.4%. Uh, the talk is $72. Think about that. That means PE is what? Six, seven? And that's, and that's what he said. And the five-year range is 5 to 11. Return equity is high at 28%. Cash flow is very positive at $9.67 a share. Um, mutual funds are slowly been buying it over the last year. Sales in recent quarter up 71%. Before that, 71%. Before that, 13%. Up. Uh, so I, I like it because it has a very good value. Mind you, it's gone up too. I mean, the stock a couple, three years ago was in the you know 
high 20s. Now here it is at 73. So it's had a pretty good run. So I think the I think all it is is back and filling right now. And if it can hold the $70 area, I think that's I think that's very important for it to do that. If it breaks it, I'm worried that something else is going on, that the economy, world economy is not strong. And why is it falling now? COVID, the new Delta variant, with a fear that uh, it might slow economies down. But I don't have that fear. I don't think that's going to happen. The next one was uh, from uh, uh, Chef Chris. I wanted to get your take on BHP. BHP, everybody, so so you know, is BHP Group, Australian company engaged in mining and metallurgical and energy coal, iron ore, oil, gas, and magnesium. Okay, so, of course, the same pattern for the same fear as far as the stock falling, right? Same pattern, same fear. Um, it also had great sales growth. It's, it pays a great dividend. Same kind of same kind of answer. It's a sixty-three dollar stock, going to make six dollars and twenty-seven cents. That means next year the PE is going to be about ten, and the range value range eight to forty-one, twenty-three return percent on return equity. Same, same issues. Same issues. So, same answer. It's Friday coming up soon. I will share highlights from the new KPP newsletter, premium newsletter. But now we will take a break. We have to. I'm required to. And I have to. Sorry about that. And my phone line is open. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, 
AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads. Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. For example, browse by episode title for potential questions and answers on 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate investing, commentary on growth stocks, listener stock picks, and more. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's talk to uh, Jacob in the Bay Area. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Thanks for taking it. Uh, I got a question about Pan American Silver. Uh-huh. Um, I do own a few different precious metal companies. This is my silver play. Um, I bought it about a year ago. The prospects were a little bit better then, but uh, they've been hit pretty hard with COVID. Um, so I'm just wondering what you think of it. It's near a 52-week low. Uh, I just want to get your opinion on it. Okay. I kind of like it. Uh, Pan American Silver Corp, P-A-A-S is simple. Canadian company engaged in exploration and development of silver and other minerals in Mexico. They're going to make $1.25 a share this year and $2.28 next year. Okay, so it's a $23 stock, going to make $2.20, so it's 11 PE. Uh, Five-year range is 13 to 274. So it's it's trading at below its low of the range. That I like. Return equity is a little weak at 9%. Pays a 1.7% dividend, which is not a lot. Sales growth on the most recent quarter was up 53%. Before that, it was pretty sporadic, you know, kind of up and down, up and down. The same theme for the other previous stocks that were not precious metals. They were just mining companies. Same theme. What is, why aren't these value stocks working right now? What, what's going on? And it's this COVID, the Delta variant, I think. That's the main culprit here. I think when this is passed, I think we're going to return to value stocks taking the lead over growth. Now, they for the first half of the year, value stocks did beat growth, and then started in around July, first uh, of July, growth stocks started to take back the lead, and that's what we're seeing going on. I think that you know, I think inflation is here for going to be here for a while. I think that uh, the Fed's going to be raising rates, uh, but they first will slow down their bond buying. I think that silver and gold, precious metals, will be a good hedge if that happens or whenever it happens. I don't know. I just think as part of your portfolio, I think you should have it as not only a possibility of uh, price appreciation, but also a hedge against you know uh, uh, interest rates rising. 
I, I, I kind of like it. Thanks for the call, Jacob. I appreciate it. Let's talk to uh, Amika. Hi, Amika. How you doing? Hey, Steve. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. And thank you so much to you and Justin and the team for everything you all have been doing for us. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do have a question, not a particular like any soft question. The question I do have is, what do you think of the economy? Uh, do you think like with the Fed starting to taper and also with the interest rate going up, what do you think the economy overall? Do you see more bullish action or are we going to be more bearish in the time, you know, in the time we are living right now? Okay, I think we're looking at about a 6% growth in the, in the economy this year, GDP growth. And I also see growth next year of about 4%. I don't see us, see us going into recession this year or next. And I don't think the Fed is going to raise the rates until next year or maybe late next year or even the year after. They will taper, and I think their first steps, and I know Justin does too, will be to slowly slow down their bond buying which will tighten ever so slightly the liquidity in the market. But there's so much liquidity that that, that liquidity is going to last for at least this year and then to next. So I think our economy is fine uh, for that period of time. I think when this COVID variant is fully in, notice that the market hasn't really collapsed. It's, it's, it's hitting new highs. It's poking its head above highs. And even though this COVID variant is spreading, investors are not worried about it. There's a an invest. Don't argue with the investors. Investors are smart with their money overall. So I'm thinking, I think we're fine. We're going to have a correction, but I think it's a correction that you want to be a buyer of, not sell and get out and panic out of the market. That's what I think. Good, good call and good question, Amika. I appreciate that. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed uh, to subscribers today. The market condition section is the top section, the first section of the newsletter. Uh, the market remains in bullish phase, though there seems to have been some hesitation over the last couple of few weeks. There were a number of economic reports out this week, but no statistics, statisticals, but no statistical sets were strong enough to push stocks higher. And a couple were definitely weak. Early in the week, retail sales for July were reported they declined 1.1%, whereas they were up 7%, 7 tenths of 1% the month before. Home Builders Index for August fell to 75 from 80 the month before. Weekly jobless claims fell, though, 348,000 from 377. That's good. Okay, this is an indication that the economy is still in the process of returning to normal levels. The danger of the stock market is more likely to come from either inflation and or overheated economy, where the Fed steps in to start tapering their easy money policy, taking money out of the system, no matter how gently it's done, will not please investors. So that's what our first section was about. Okay, a portfolio management section. I talked about implementing a proper diversified portfolio. How to do that? What does that mean? Uh, what are some of the things that you have to know? What is diversification? And what asset classes? 
So I talked about that, and I, of course I talked about it in greater detail to try to give you some idea of how you should manage your portfolio. You know, everybody is interested about buying good stocks at great prices and have them go up. But there's more to it than, than that in managing a portfolio of stocks. You want a good balance. You want to hedge against collapse. and Sometimes you want the hedge to be larger and sometimes smaller. When you want to rebalance, sometimes you produce cash and maybe don't reinvest it at, at right away. Sometimes you want to reinvest it immediately. It all depends, you know. So that's what portfolio management entails. A lot more than just buying good companies. It's more than that. Okay. Uh, stock ideas, I gave a couple, as I do every week. World's largest operating a fully integrated resort company, casinos, hotel, entertainment. World's largest one. Big in uh, Macau and uh, Singapore. And even has properties in Las Vegas, but I noticed that they're selling their Vegas properties. So these, this, that stock, this stock is pretty down pretty hard. So I'm thinking, is this an opportunity? Maybe not just yet, but I think it's a good choice to put on your watch list. So um, I also talked about the um, housing market is, remains pretty strong, but it certainly is at, at a peak. The annual price growth is reaching record highs. This is Consumer Watch, everybody. But maybe there's a way to invest that for the long term that you might want to take advantage of, even though the housing market peaked. This is another one that you might want to put on your watch list, you know, those types of stocks. But this was a Consumer Watch, and a little bit different this week because it's not really consumer focus; it's more investment focus. But we'll get back to consumer focus next week. Uh, there is a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter, and each week it it's pretty easy. You know, we send it, we give it to you each week, every Friday. It comes out every Friday, and it's easy to subscribe if you want to. You can do it directly with them at investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive this report, the full newsletter, every Friday. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to keep it for a year. If you don't like it, you can cancel anytime you want. Okay? Appreciate the, appreciate your participation. I notice that we've been uh, putting more and more newsletters on. I do appreciate that. Let's go to Joseph and Pico Rivera. Joseph. Hi, Steve. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling. I was wondering if you could take a look at the stock SID, Sam Internet, David. It's lost 40% in value the last three months, and even the shorts are not showing any interest in it. Is it a good buy at at, uh, at the price it is now? Or? Oh, okay. Well, let's take a look. SID, Campania Surgery ADS. Okay, it's a Brazilian company. Brazilian producer of galvanized hot and cold rolled and tin mill steel products. Okay, so it's in that commodity section. And everybody, you know, as we've talked almost all, all day so far about commodity type stock, they've all been taken in the shorts. They had a great run for up to about June, July. And then since then, they've been falling off. So the question is, is this a fall off? To be a buy, or is it really going to tank? 
And this one is right around strong support, right around the 200-day moving average, right around $7 a share, which is a lot of a lot of report between six, um, 680 and $7. Lots of strong support in that area. Uh, so it's at $6.84 now. So it broke a little bit below that support. It needs to hold here. Uh, now, then we're going to make $2.95 a share. Remember, it's a $6.84 a shock. But next year, the sales, the earnings is going to go down to $1.97. So that, of course, is the issue. You know, uh, it looks like sales are going to tail off. Pays a 5.1% dividend, and it will be able to continue to pay that. That shouldn't be a problem. Sales in recent quarters, 172%, 108%, and 16%, and then 8%. So it's been going strong. But I think people are fearful that it's peaked. Okay, the stock was a dollar something, you know, um, and it's low, COVID low. And then it got up to $9 or so, and now it's at 684 Is it a buying opportunity? I think it might be. I'd be a little bit patient here because it's so, it's a value stock, it's a deep value stock at this point. So I, I would be a buyer. I just want to see some strength come into it before I pick it up. A few days of strength or a week or two trading sideways, I'd be okay with that. But I, I, I do like the company, SID. Okay? Appreciate that call. Okay. Um, what are the other countries' 10-year yields? Well, you know ours is at our 10-year yield. U.S. US Treasury bill at bond 10-year is paying 1.27% uh, 1.2%. 1.27% per year. 1.2%. How about Germany? Negative 0.48. So almost a negative half a percent. You have to pay them to buy the German bond. How about France? Negative 0.13. Japan. Positive 0.012%. So very little positive. Spain. Positive 0.21%. Netherlands, negative 0.35%. So, wouldn't you want to be a buyer of a 10-year treasury in the U.S.? Pays far more than any other country. Far more. That distortion is extremely odd. It's not normal. When will it return to normalcy? I have no idea. But that's why there's a there's there's demand for our bonds worldwide. Okay. Okay, let's go to another iTunes um, uh, question. Uh, Don, uh, I'm looking to build a long-term dividend-focused portfolio. Are there any red flags besides companies that don't make money and inconsistent dividend payouts? Yeah, one of the things you want to look at is the payout ratio. So they have to have earnings. And they shouldn't be paying out more than about 60% or so of the earnings in the form of a dividend. If they're paying more than that, then that may affect negatively the company's growth prospects going forward or its ability to stay in business going forward. So you need to look at the payout ratio and see how sustainable. There's a book out there called Dividend Achievers. Dividend Achievers. Comes out every couple of years and it lists all the companies that have paid great dividends 
and gives you a history of them. Which ones are always increasing their dividend? What the rates are? Oh, it's a very good. If you're going to be a dividend buyer, a dividend, and that's your focus of your portfolio, you need to get that book. Don't not get it. Get it. Yeah, it's expensive. So what? You're talking about your money, people. Okay, why do I... You know, I've been thinking that we're due for a correction. We should get one. Usually September, October, the market bottoms somewhere from a correction. Maybe we won't, but I'm talking about historically it kind of happens. What are the causes? What would be a cause? How about the Delta variant, which so far hasn't done anything? How about raising and rising inflation? Uh, how about uh, chaos in Afghanistan? Maybe that could happen. Or maybe the upcoming earnings for the upcoming quarter are not going to be very good in comparison to a year ago. Those are some of the some of the reasons I think we could see it. And of course, it could be a black black swan event, something out of left field. We don't. This is Invest.com, Steve Peasley. I'm waiting and willing for your questions. You can get them in now, live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. Good evening. This is Sade from Toronto, Canada. I like to discuss uh, one of the ticker symbol CPNG coupon. It's a Korean based company. I find uh, quite promising numbers, particularly the institutions count. And overall, long-term perspective, they have a good quarterly revenue growth. I want to look for a long-term opportunities and just want to look for your opinion. Can you please advise? I'll listen to your answers in the next podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Okay, it's Coupon Inc. It's a uh, South Korean company. Uh, Korean online retail platform offers apparel, footwear, Books, body care, and home decor products. Of course, means it looks like it's trying to be the Amazon of Korea, South Korea. They don't make money, have never made money, is not going to make money. They're going to lose 35 cents next year. Sales are fairly strong. 70% plus in the last two years per quarter are higher. Okay, but the recent quarter is 71%, before that 74 before that 100% growth. It's a $4.4 billion in sales per quarter. So 16, 17, 18 billion in sales. It's a $54 billion company that does not make money. So it's taken the path of Amazon, and that's, of course, what everybody thinks. The stock has fallen, done nothing but fallen since its IPO. So, I mean, it got up to close to $70 on its IPO day. But it ended that day at around 50, what, $55 or so, $53 per share, and today it's at 31 It was It fell from the IPO all the way down to 30 Then it went back to 42 got up to 46 even in, in July, and then it's fallen ever since then. So 
this is one of those, you're rolling the dice, taking high risk. I wouldn't be a buyer up because it doesn't make money, and I don't like to buy stocks that don't make money. Management owns 26% of the company, so they're pretty focused to make it work, but I'd have to do a lot more digging into the numbers to see what's going on. But it's not for me. Just not. CPNG, Copang Inc. out of South Korea. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So who do you think is bigger in sales, Walmart or Amazon? You know Amazon been growing every year, year after year after year. Well, for the last year as of June, so June 2020 to June 2021, Amazon has $610 billion in sales. $610 $610 billion. Now, Bezos has been playing down, especially in front of Congress, uh, that Amazon's not nearly as strong in the market as everybody thinks it is. Well, he's, being, he's lying. That's, that's a lie. Okay? Because <laughs> Amazon does dominate that space, and it's even bigger than Walmart. Walmart is $566 billion the same time, year time frame. So he's lying. Bezos is lying. Amazon is very big, very dominant, and probably too dominant in the internet sales, retail sales space. Okay, he's buying his competitors. It doesn't, you know, so I'm not saying that it's not been a, something that's been very good because without them, you know, people would be paying more money because there's lots of competition still with Amazon and and Walmart now that they have a pretty good size uh, presence. But the brick and mortar stores are definitely have a disadvantage because they have a lot higher overhead. So, but don't don't believe anything Bezos says about them not being dominant in their space. They are the only real player. I mean, there's others, but they're all small. They're very small compared to Amazon. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program and another week of Investor. Justin and I thank you for listening to the show, and we do appreciate it. And we also found a thank you for mentioning it to your friends and family. Appreciate that, too. You can get the get Investor podcast anytime on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Investor.com, whenever you want. It's all free, free for everybody. And you can browse those podcasts by topic. Okay? Uh, you know, whatever you want. Chinese stocks, health savings accounts, treasury yields, any, any topic. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 
1-800-242-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.